you're close to the broken hearted Lord. You're near when my life falls apart. Well, this is the second in the series on the topic of simplicity. I feel pretty strongly about this theme that I find in scripture. And I find it in some of the Christians that I want to emulate the most. And in the introduction uh, called Introducing Simplicity, I talked about what simplicity is, what it isn't, and how we get it. You know, I said, it's loving God and loving people, simple. You know, Jesus said, boiled it all down, love God and people. It's direct. It's not a circuitous route to the advance of the kingdom of God, but it's a direct thing. It's not pretentious or extravagant. It, you know, it's not dressed up. It's just what you see is what you get. It's not duplicitous. It doesn't, it's not double-minded like James talked about. It's having a center, uh, like a hub, and we don't run right with two or three hubs. It refuses to be mesmerized by media, it's not addicted to stuff. It's not materialistic. It's And people committed to simplicity are generous with the poor. And then I said what it's not. It's not simplistic. And, you know, it, it's, it, simplicity tries to boil things down, but it doesn't try to boil things down beyond what they're boiled downable. It's not hiding our head in the sand about the modern world. Uh, and it's not the same as easy. Uh, sometimes you will say, well, I'm, I'm striving for, this, for simplicity, for the simple life of Jesus. And that doesn't mean it's an easy life. It just means that it's not circuitous. It's not cluttered or complex. Um, I said it wasn't an, it's not an outward thing. It's, it's an inward thing that reaches the outside of us. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, Paul said, because God worked in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. But it's not primarily an outward thing that you impose on yourself. And then I said, how do I begin to simplify? You know, you got to be selective and prioritize. You got to put first things first, I think, to be, to live simply. And then secondly, to, to, we have to move toward a simple and intimate friendship with Jesus, not a com- complex legalistic religiosity, but a, but a friendship, a simple friendship with Jesus. Well, in this talk at my kitchen table, <clears throat> I'd like to share two symptoms of simplicity, um, being real and living free, uh, or you could say sincerity and spontaneity. Sincerity is being real. Spontane- spontaneity is living free. And, and the first thing you're going to notice about those, those are not outward things so much, but a quality of character. They're not <clears throat> makeup to make ourselves look better than we really do. Uh, rather, they're part of our makeup. Their inward qualities, their sincerity and spontaneity, is uh, they're, they're part of the way that we are. Simplicity, as I see it, is the way Jesus is and the way he is in us. 
So these outward lifestyle choices are dependent on inward qualities. I, I call them actitudes, which are attitudes which lead to actions. So a couple of passages in 2 Corinthians, uh, one is chapter 1, verse 12, for our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we've had our conversation of the world in more abundantly to you word. Simplicity and godly sincerity. And then chapter 11, verse 3 says, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted. He said, I'm afraid that your minds would be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. At Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, the great uh, German pastor and theologian and martyr, said, to be simple is to fix one's eyes solely on the simple truth of God at a time when all concepts are being confused, distorted, and turned upside down. I mean, if you think about it, what, what's the most simple stage in our lives? It's, it's obviously childhood, yeah? And, and Jesus told us to change and become like little children in order to be part of the kingdom. But we would have to change so that we could become like little children because we're as adults we don't we're not naturally simple kids kids are, are simple they're not all jammed up with cluttered minds or souls they're not they're not complicated they have little, very little pretense about them unfortunately that's that comes later uh, and and let me say this, I'm not saying that sincerity and spontaneity are the two symptoms. I'm just saying they're two of the symptoms of simplicity. Uh, but I think they're indispensable symptoms of the condition of simplicity. The person who chooses a simple life will definitely at least embody these two things, sincerity and spontaneity. So first of all, sincerity, being real. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 says, Every day the believers continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Romans 12, 9, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. 1 Timothy 1, 5, The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and sincere faith. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. James 3, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So, I mean, so what is sincerity? It's being real. It's being honest. It's a lack of pretense. It's not fake. Sincerity is like transparency versus keeping up appearances so that people will think the best of us. It's being authentic. It's simple. It's simple. 
See, sometimes simplicity is translated single or single-minded in the New Testament. I mean, it's the opposite of being double it's, or duplicitous or double-minded like James talks about. In Jeremiah, God said, I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me and that all will then go well for them and for their children after them. I'll give them singleness of heart and action. That's sincerity, simplicity. Uh, You know, the Greek word in the New Testament uh, for sincerity actually could be translated tested by the sunlight, tested by the sunlight. And uh, it's described in dishonest shop owners who would fill the cracks in, in, in their pottery with wax and keep the product in the back of the shelves so people wouldn't see the flaws when they go to buy it. You, but you bring it out into the sunlight and you see that it's flawed. You see there's, it's broken. Sincerity, sincere, is willing to be brought out into the sun. It's what you see is what you get. So, I mean, who do you know that's sincere? I mean, kids are, many adults aren't. Simple Christians are sincere. Religious people are not. Jesus uh, was sincere. The Pharisees were not. Everything they did was done for people to see. And, and, and if you think about it, there's just too many people in the world to please, to waste all our energy on, on people-pleasing. And simplicity and sincerity doesn't try to do that. And, and it just simplifies life when we have primarily have an audience of one, that being God. So to be simple is to be sincere. And then I, I, I want to say that it's also to be spontaneous. Spontaneity, like sincerity, is a part of simplicity. If sincerity is being real, spontaneity is living free. So spontaneity or living free is a component of simplicity. Did you know this is a quote from the Bible? I will play before the Lord. You know who said that and to whom it was said? It was a guy named David who, according to his wife, enjoyed the Lord just a little too much. Uh, This was King James, but other versions will say, I will celebrate before the Lord, or I will express my joy before the Lord. But, you know, the always reverent King James Version says, I will play. She thought he was out of his mind the way that he was worshiping God, and uh, at least a little too free in the way that he loved God and worshiped him. In one of the Psalms, it uses that same word play, for, it translates it frolic, like children without a care in the world, spontaneous, not all bound up with busyness and, and with schedules. James promotes the concept of spontaneity in chapter 4, where he says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go into this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. James says, well, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag 
All such boasting is evil. Anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. James is not saying that planning is bad, but we have to be what I call cemented in flexibility. We got to be willing to hold our plans loosely. And it, because divine appointments always rank above human ones. Remember Jesus talked about us needing new wine skins because they're flexible. Uh, they're capable of stretching to accommodate the new wine that's expanding inside them. And the old, the, the old skins are brittle and they, they won't expand along with the new wine. He said it'll burst and you're going to lose the skin and all the wine. So blessed are the flexible for they shall not be broken. Somebody said the only way to get a new wineskin is to kill an old goat, but that's, that's another story. I mean, I think a lot of times, living for God, it just doesn't fit our agenda. And, and if we get so fastened on the goal that we miss the sights along the way, that's not good. Simple people tend to enjoy the journey a lot more than the rest of us. I mean, when was the last time you pulled over to the side of the road and just prayed? Or you called someone out of the blue because you had a burden for them. We get so jammed up with our agendas that we pass up on a a, a lot of what God intends for us to do. And we have so much clutter uh, in our lives to do something uh, that God whispers to us. We don't have any room in our hearts. We don't have any room in our minds, in our budgets or on our calendars Uh, to get a a last-minute call from God to do something that's not on our agenda. And we try to jam Jesus in between agenda items, and he he doesn't really fit in between things very well. He's, He's more above all things. And when our lives are cluttered with a thousand things, we're just too busy to be spontaneous. God will ask us to do something, go share with that person, or... And we would say, well, I, I can't. I, I've just got too much to do today. And maybe three months from Thursday, I can fit that in. Well, you know, the, the opportunity will have passed. And, you know, we have a really nice car, so we've got to wash it every week because we got to keep it clean because people will talk in the neighborhood, you know. we got to be in three clubs. we got to take the kids to Latin lessons because they're going to have to be scholars. But Socrates said, beware of the barrenness of a busy life. And when your calendar is so full you don't have any room for the unplanned, you're not spontaneous. Simplicity is, is not a quality that you'll be able to embody. So if, if life is so full of what we want, where does God get to call us on the spot and, and give us an assignment? You know, another thing that can rob you of spontaneity, and I know this from personal experience, is age. Where once I said, well, I'll do anything anytime, Lord. Now it's, well, unless it's after nine at night or, you know, it's kind of the hardening of the categories. I'm just less flexible uh, physically and and socially and spiritually. Uh, Routine is more and more important to the aged, you know. I'm just glad God doesn't get old. Though he respects that aging slows us down, but not so slow that we're stopped. 
I mean, how did Jesus rule? Do you see him glued to a calendar? I mean, John 5, 19, one of my favorite verses, he said, you know, the Son of Man can do nothing but what he sees the Father doing. I only do what I see the Father doing. I mean, Jesus had goals and and even some plans, but was he married to a strategy to get there, or was he simply following moment by moment the Father's lead? Jesus, I, as I read the Gospels, was spontaneous. People talk about Paul in the book of Acts having this strategic plan. I'm not, I'm not so sure. I think he was following the Holy Spirit. He had plans. He had, an, you know, maybe a, even a strategy, but I think that strategy held pretty loosely. Proverbs 3 says, you know, don't lean on your own understanding. And I would add to your agenda, to your calendar, and he'll direct your path. I mean, are we supposed to send up to God a full sheet agenda for him to sign off on? Or or should we send up to him a blank sheet with our signature at the bottom? And he just gets to fill it in. Does he send that agenda of his back to us with bullet points for the day or the month or the year? Not usually. It's more of a moment by moment listening Isaiah said he wakens my ear morning by morning to listen as one being taught. I call it ABCing at his beck and call. You know, it's not just too much to do that keeps us from being spontaneous. It's having too much stuff that weighs us down. And I'm going to talk about that in a future episode, but suffice to say... We have so much stuff we can't even do what we're supposed to do. We're weighed down with possessions that we can't answer God's call. I have a, an elderly woman friend who could easily be on that show, Hoarders. I mean, she literally has stuff piled up overhead in her tiny apartment with, you know, nine-inch wide paths cleared out to get to the kitchen, to the bathroom. You may not live like that, but many of us can't get up and go because of all the stuff that we have. And then we have to go to work to pay for all the stuff. And then we have to dust all the stuff, paint all the stuff, fix it when it breaks. We don't live simple enough lives to be spontaneous. Our lives are just way too predictable, I think, in our modern Western world. Because they're so full of stuff to buy and then stuff to do. God have mercy on us. Simplicity requires spontaneity and it also requires sincerity. Being free and being real. So to sum it up, I'm saying that simplicity requires sincerity and spontaneity. it's, It's being real and it's being free. It's a quality of soul, a way of life that we choose, but it's engendered from the inside out. And soon I'm going to talk about how simple people make up simple churches, because a church is what? A collection of people loving God and one another. A church is a family on a mission together. And a simple church is a collection of people committed to simplicity. A simple church exudes these qualities of sincerity and spontaneity. But that's for another episode. In the meantime, 
Let's pray to be simple.